This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Alvina, it's me. I've just discovered the most amazing thing. It's called Shaker and Spoon, and it's a subscription cocktail service. I can learn how to make handcrafted cocktails right here at the office. From now on, our Scrabble Nights will be even more fun. Every box comes with enough ingredients to make three different cocktail recipes, developed by world-class mixologists. All I need to do is buy one bottle of that month's spirit, and I have all I need to make 12 drinks at home. That's seven for me and five for you. And it's just 40 to $50 per month, plus the cost of the bottle. That is much cheaper than Vouv Clicquot. Unless we get Joey and Salvatore to raid a van again, of course. Oh, and you can skip or cancel boxes any time. My first shaker and spoon box just arrived. What do you say we start our Scrabble session a bit early? I'm already shaking. P.S. Alvina, if you want your own set, you can get $20 off your first box at shakerandspoon.com forward slash Amelia. Do you also want your Scrabble Nights to be even more fun? Well, as an Amelia listener, you can simply visit shakerandspoon.com slash Amelia and you will get $20 off any length subscription. The discount will automatically be applied when you check out. Host your first Amelia listening party or give a subscription to Shaker and Spoon as a gift to a friend or family member. Once more, that's shakerandspoon.com slash Amelia. Hello, I'm Philip, and I'm so excited that we're back with season two. Welcome. Just a couple of things before we start. This season starts off where the season one finale left off. So for all new listeners, it's not essential to have listened to season one, but we do recommend starting at the beginning. We also recommend you stick around beyond the credits of each episode so you don't miss the epilogue. Now, we're doing something new for season two, which we're extremely excited about. You may remember that for season one, we created case files for our patrons. These contained written stories and documents and puzzles, delving deeper into each episode. For season two, we've decided that instead of written case files, we're making audio minisodes to follow up on each case. You can listen to these by becoming a patron of the show. More info on that at the very end. But for now, without further ado, let's get started with The Amelia Project, Season 2. Congratulations. You've reached The Amelia Project. This phone call isn't happening. If you're not serious about this, hang up. Now. You sure about this? If you hesitated, do not proceed. Still there? If you continue, there's no way back. The choice is yours. Good choice. 
a new life awaits. You'll hear back from us within the hour. If you do not hear back, please consider the whole thing a hoax. Leave your message after the beep. My name is Venerio da Valle. That I am willing to leave the lagoon to meet you demonstrates how desperate I am. I have a big task, and I believe you are the only people who can make this happen. I look forward to hearing from you. Amelia Project by Philip Thorne and Oystein Braga, with music and sound design by Frederick Baden. Episode 14. Venerio da Valle. In ritardo. Dovrebbe arrivare fra circa dieci minuti, non lo so. Un altro po' di caffè, signor della, da Valle? Sì, grazie. Zucchero? Grazie, no. Bravo. Beh, lo zucchero è per qua, ancora qua, no? Niente batte un buon caffè italiano, eh? Proprio quello che ci vuole. Viaggio lungo? Beh, lungo e brutto. Ma qui piove sempre così. Oh, l'Inghilterra è una pozzanghera. Ma voi di dove siete? Da Venezia. Ah, ora capisco questa maschera ridicola. È un ignorante. Stai zitto, bastardo. Ma la tua faccia sembri familiare. No? Impossibile. Ma non sei stati nei giornali? Any idea what they're saying? Mm. Grazia and Bastardo, that's about it. Venezia is Venice. Shall we get a translator? I don't want anyone else involved, not yet. Right. Well, it's probably not important. Probably not. Let's hope they switch to English soon. Yeah. Adesso ricordo. Io so che sei. No, no, si sbaglia, si sbaglia. Ho una memoria eccellente. Guardi che se non la smette se ne pentirà, eh? Angelo Russo e Mario Drago Salvatore Vieni che qui ci vuole la mazza da baseball Sì? No Sì o no? Sì Va bene Fammi vedere il palo I am the last true Venetian mask maker Go, uh, uh, go back Sorry, 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 uh, sorry, lousy weather. Uh, oh, I'm drenched. Don't, don't speak oh. to him. What's got into you? They've had a bit of a shock. Joey, Salvatore, pull yourselves together. We pay you to look tough. The moment you look about as tough as a pair of wilting daisies. This is the Diavolo. <gasps> That's no way to speak to our clients. Out, both of you, now. Pronto! But... You obviously got onto their skin. I'm used to people hating me. The curse of the messenger. Uh, are you going to keep that thing on? I always wear the mask. Always? See. Si. Even when you're having a shower? I always wear the mask. It's creepy. It's the mask of death. It looks like a strange bird. 
He was worn by the Venetian plague doctors. They stuffed the beak with spices and rose petals to purify the air. Are you a doctor? I'm a mask maker. Much demand for masks, is there? Oh, these days is mostly for tourists and the carnival. These days? Before, back when Venice was a republic, masks were an essential part of everyday life. You see, Venice is a small city. Everyone knows each other. That can be stifling. Masks allow us to change our identity, to act more freely. I'd have thought it was against the law to conceal your identity. <laughs> Not at all. It was a legal requirement for participating in democracy. How so? Debates, votes, vetoes were all carried out by masked citizens. It put everyone on a level playing field. Men, women, masters and servants. A city of masks? Of course, it also led to crime and sexual experimentation. We became the capital of excess. Citizens able to hide, change, disappear, reappear and control their identity. Interesting. I thought that would appeal to you. I'd be out of a job. <laughs> you speak about this time almost as if you knew it. I love Venice. I love its traditions. That's why I continue to wear the mask. I am the last true Venetian mask maker. Talking about sensual excess... Oh, I like where this is going. Do you like cocoa? Chocolata calda. Café Florian does the best chocolata calda in the world. It's so thick, your spoon stands upright in it. Café Florian? On Piazza San Marco. Come to Venice and I'll show you. Oh, tempting. <laughs> Have you ever been to Paris? No. <gasps> the cocoa from Les Dumagots is to die for. Would you like to try some? Si, grazie. Mm. Oh, it's divine. Oh, it's angelic. Oh, it's transcendente. It's immaculate. This must be what they serve in paradise. <clears throat> it's nescovate. It's like shite. Oh, I know. What do you think the chances are of getting a decent hot chocolate around here? Well, I know they have some. At the canteen. Any good? I've never tried it. Well, I think we should. Yes. <laughs> Nancy, bring us two hot chocolates, would you? And before you come in, knock. <laughs> oh, hot chocolate's coming. Let's carry on. Yeah. Is Venice still sinking? Nobody really knows. Probably. And now the sea is rising... One way or another, the city will disappear in the next few decades. Cathedrals, churches, towers and palaces built on the sea. It has always been an ephemeral city. Do you think there is anything you can do to stop Venice sinking? Do you think there is anything you can do to stop death? Are you going to answer my question? Hmm? What question? I just asked you a question. About death. Oh, I thought that was rhetorical. It wasn't. Is there anything you can do to stop death? I thought you were implying that just like death, the sinking of Venice is inevitable. Is that what you think? You think it isn't? No. 
I'm sorry, what are we talking about? Death or Venice? Death. Well, death is inevitable. I don't want to die. Well, that's unusual. Really? Fear of death is quite universal. I mean, our clients usually come here because they want to die. No. They come here because they want to escape. Ah, you want to escape? Yes. Who's after you? Death. Sorry? I need to disappear so death can't find me. Can you arrange that? Come in, Nancy. Two hot chocolates. Ah. <laughs> they didn't have any at the canteen, so I got some from the machine instead. Thank you, Nancy. Here you go. Thank you. It's, uh... Be honest. It's basically just sweet brown water. Oh, I think I preferred the Nescafe. Do you think if we went to Lado Margot, we could chalk it up as research? Have you ever been to Venice? Once. In August. It was scorching hot, crammed with tourists, and the canal stank like rotting corpses. You? Mm, in the winter. It was flooded. They made walkways from planks to get across the piazzas and everyone was wearing orange wellies. It was so foggy you could barely see more than a few metres ahead. I'm not going to finish this. Me neither. Look here, Venerio. If you want to escape death for as long as possible, I suggest you go for a jog every morning, eat nothing but fish and broccoli, avoid crossing the road and don't finish that cocoa. Eating broccoli isn't going to stop a marble cherub detaching itself from Basilica di San Marco's ceiling and come crashing down on my skull. <laughs> Who said anything about a marble cherub? That's how I die. Tomorrow at ten past five. And no amount of push-ups or beetroot smoothies will change that. And how do you know this? Another ancient Venetian skill. You can predict death? To the second. Wow! Can you predict my death? If you want me to. I do! Lots of people are afraid to know. Why? Isn't it better to find out now? Then I can stop worrying about it. A momentary shock is better than years of anxiety. If I know I'll die when I'm 60, 70, 80 or 90, I can just get on with my life. I can plan. Make sure I do the things I want to do and don't waste time. You might die next week. In which case I'm on the next plane to Paris to blow my life savings on cocoa. Would you want to know? My best mate had his stag party in Liverpool. Now it was 4am and we were among a, a handful of people in a strip club. Mm. I was feeling tired and drunk and dirty and I just wanted to go home, but I was my mate's best man and he was trying to make the night last. Mm. Eventually, it was just the two of us and this other dude I hardly knew when this old lady came over to our table. She was all wrinkled and she had rotting teeth and we were scared that she was going to offer us a lap dance. And luckily she didn't. She said she was a fortune teller. For 20 quid, she could predict our deaths. And we were wasted and we thought it would be hilarious. And this dude that I hardly knew, he followed her into a corner and we watched her stroke his palm and whisper into his ear. Quite a long time. And when he came back, he was pale. He just grabbed his jacket and left without saying a word. What happened to him? He died of a brain tumour two months later. Oh. 
Did you get your own prediction? Not after I saw that guy's reaction, no. It spooked me, to be honest. I was instantly sober. Mm. What about your mate? Ah. He was still in high spirits, and I couldn't dissuade him. What did she say to him? I watched her stroke and whisper, and this time it took even longer. And when he came back, he was in an even better mood than before. He literally hugged and kissed me on the mouth. Good news, then. She told him that he'd live for 120 years. Wow. He was high as a kite. He downed a bottle of vodka, he danced on the table, he touched up all the girls, <laughs> put around for everyone in the bar. There was no stopping him. I managed to drag him out just as the sun started to rise. It was a new day and he felt invincible. He skipped onto the road without looking left or right and was hit by a bus. No. Did he die? Miraculously, no. But he's completely paralysed. He can't move anything but his eyelids. Oh. This was 20 years ago. I still visit him. Once a month. Shit. Yes. I wouldn't want to know. Me neither. Oh. Continue. Let's. Venerio, why do you need us? If you know how you'll die, you can escape your death on your own. Death by marble cherub plummeting 43 meters is a pretty hard thing to fake. Well, don't go to the Basilica. Go to Café Florian instead. Or even better, stay here for a few days. Here? Blighty's not so bad. I can't do that. Why not? Do you know the story, Appointment in Samara? I don't. It's an ancient Mesopotamian tale. Will you tell it to me? I love stories. Can I have some more cocoa first? Certainly. Okay. Hit me. Once there was a merchant in Baghdad who sent his servant to the market to buy provisions. A little while later, the servant came back white and trembling and said, Master... Just now, when I was at the marketplace, I was jostled by a woman in the crowd, and when I turned, I saw it was death that jostled me. She looked straight at me and made a threatening gesture. Lend me your horse, and I will ride away from this city and avoid my fate. I will go to Samara, and there, death will not find me. The merchant lent the servant his horse, and the servant mounted it and dug his spurs in its flanks and went as fast as the horse could gallop. The merchant went down to the marketplace, and there he saw Death standing in the crowd. He went up to Death and said, Why did you make a threatening gesture to my servant when you saw him this morning? That was not a threatening gesture, said Death. It was only a start of surprise. I was astonished to see him here in Baghdad, for I have an appointment with him tonight in Samara. It's a nice story, but the message is depressing. It's saying death can't be cheated. Oh, but it can. Not according to the story. I was trying to make the point that you can't cheat death through geographical distance. If death wants me at Basilica di San Marco tomorrow at ten past five, it will find a way to get me there. Oh, here's a thought, Venerio. 
Strip naked, stand outside Downing Street wearing only your mask and lob fireworks at number 10. What? How will that solve anything? I'd like to see fate try and drag you out of Pentival Prison. No, I mustn't put up any resistance. Why not? Make death work for it. Put up a fight. I don't want to aggravate death. Death doesn't give a tinker's toss about our feelings. I mustn't behave as though I know. So what? You just wander into St. Mark's Basilica in the full knowledge a cherub will come crashing down on your head. Yes, I play along until the last minute. <gasps> what happens in the last minute? That's where you come in. We do? I need you to fulfill the demands of fate, but in a way that doesn't actually bludgeon me to death. Can you do that? You want us to detach a statue from the Basilica ceiling? If it's going to happen anyway, you might as well control it. You seriously believe death can be duped with a papier-mâché cherub? If you make it authentic enough, a big crash, a destruction to the floor, a crushed corpse, screaming tourists, then yes, I think death will be convinced I'm gone. I think you underestimate death. Do you know how busy death is? 153,424 people die every day. There's one person every second. Do you think death can hang around to check every pulse? As long as my demise seems routine, death will simply tick me off the list and move on. You sound very sure of yourself. I'm not. I've never attempted anything on this scale before. But you've done it, haven't you? You've escaped death. Yes. How many times? How many times? I've lost count. And when you reappear? I wear a new mask. <gasps> do you ever intend to die for real? Yes, I do. I've lived in Venice for centuries. I can't imagine living anywhere else. When Venice drowns, I go with it. I think we need to add destruction of cultural heritage to the list of Amelia offences. They prevented a real cherub from shattering. They destroyed 20 square metres of mosaic floor and saved one cherub. They also saved a life. I wonder if that clown is still alive. If he's not, it means we can't change fate after all. What do you think? Do you believe in free will? I have no choice. We're going to have to make up with Joey and Salvatore. They'll pose as restoration specialists from Rome, brought in to inspect the Basilica ceiling. Joey and Salvatore? Ah, you mean Mario Drago and Angelo Rosso? Is that what spooked them? You know who they really are? No. I predicted their deaths. Oh, I see. Well, a trip to Italy should cheer them up. A few shots of grappa and they'll be right as rain. We don't have much time. Beth is expecting me. Ah, uh, first, we need to seal the deal with a bottle of bubbling. But... It's tradition. The next plane to Marco Polo Airport is in under two hours. I see. Passport, check. Toothbrush, check. Maltesers, check. I'm good to go. Do they serve champagne on the plane? They do, but it tastes like piss. In that case, we'll buy a bottle of Veuve Clicquot at duty-free. When he's done, I'll take you to Café Florian and predict your death over a chocolata calda. Oh, sounds wonderful. Venezia, arriviamo. Venezia, arriviamo. The 
Amelia Project is made possible by our wonderful patrons. Becoming a patron is quick and easy, and by pledging just $5 per episode, you get access to audio minisodes that go deeper into each case. To kick off this new season, we've decided to make the minisode for this first episode available to all our patrons, regardless of how much you pledge. So, even by pledging just $1 per episode, you will be able to enjoy the minisode and every contribution really makes a difference. To become a patron, go to patreon.com slash ameliapodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash ameliapodcast. Watch the video and make your pledge. This episode was written and edited by Philip Thorne. It was directed by Philip Thorne and Einstein Brager with music and sound design by Frederick Barden. It featured Alan Bergen as the interviewer, Mario Vernazza as Venerio, Benjamin Noble as Agent Haynes, Torgny G. Ondero as Agent Cole, Gemma Arasmith as Nancy, Gianluca Yumiento as Joey, Ravdeep Singh Bajwa as Salvatore, Julia Morizawa on the answer phone, and coming up, the voice of Chiara Fermanti. The episode was produced by Imploding Fictions. It was recorded at the Bridge Writing Studio in London and Spike City Studio in Oslo and engineered by Sam Harper and Robert Rustad Amundsen. All graphic design for The Amelia Project is by Anders Pedersen. A special thank you to Kati Zindela for your generous support. Follow us on Twitter, where we're at Amelia underscore podcast. And check out our webpage at ameliapodcast.com for release schedule, merchandise, fan art, and more. All links also in the show notes to this episode. The next episode will come out next week. And after that, there will be new episodes every two weeks. It's good to be back. See you soon. Your chocolate calda? Ooh, thank you. Very quiet today. Well, you know what happened, no? At the basilica? Yes. Cherub crashed down from the ceiling. Terrible. Everyone has gone back to their homes and hotels. Of course. I've never seen Piazza San Marco so empty. It's like... Like a ghost town. They say just one person was killed. Just one person. A miracle. The basilica was full of tourists. I saw them running across the piazza screaming. You know what I thought? I thought this is it. The day has come. Venice is sinking. I don't know how you do it. Do what? Live in the constant knowledge that one day your streets, schools and churches will all be swallowed up. Oggi in figura, domani in sepoltura. What does that mean? Oh, it's an expression. It means um, today in person, tomorrow in the grave. Like that man in the basilica. He walked in without a care in the world and after a few minutes is crushed by a statue. You never know which cup of chocolate calda will be your last. Oh, 
excuse me, another customer. Salve. Salve. Cosa posso fare per lei? Ho venuto qui per parlare con questo signore. He says he knows you? Oh. Yes. Yes, that's right. Why don't you bring us another one of these cocos? Of course. Venerio, is it you? Yes. I like the new mask. Much jollier. Until my next death, I shall be Arlecchino. Arlecchino? E Arlequin. How's the chocolate calda? Oh. Good. All right. Time for you to keep your part of the bargain. You really want to know? Yes. You sure? Yes. Show me your palm. Here you go. Oh. What? Hmm. Something wrong? Venereo? I... Let me see again. Here. Hmm. Two chocolate caldas. We need to talk in private. Where should we go? We'll go to my mask workshop, Pontestorto. Can we go in a gondola? How else? You want to drink that cocoa? <sighs> right. Let's go. Let's go. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The buyer awaits your decision, poised as one both ready for a fight and assured of its outcome. I'll have that relic now. That cool pretty boy have more healing. We gonna need it. You guys might. One of you dies and I'm running for it. So don't. We'll have to use every advantage and we've not many left. So I'm confused. Uh, what am I supposed to say to him? Marcus, it's a role-playing game. Right. So, you're this holy guy, Benedict. Right. And he's just joined this adventuring party. Right. Why? Because we needed someone to heal us and not ask questions. Dumb! What? Any reason you want, Marcus. That's the great thing about this game. You can be anyone you want. Do anything you want for any reason, so long as it's true to your character. Cool. I totally got this. Uh, Wait, but... This artifact belongs to my church, and as such, I cannot part with it for any price. (laughs) Uh, what did I say? Kill them all! The Ordinary Epic, a podcast series about the extraordinary, the ordinary, and something in between. Listen now at theordinaryepic.com or on your favorite podcast app.